Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us on this Tuesday edition. We're going to get back to the top headlines of the day throughout the hour in what is the Tennessee Power Hour. Shout out to Fox Sports Knoxville, Fan Run Radio there for joining in on the show each and every day. Glad to be on in Knoxville in the evenings as we always remember our first, don't we? Uh, and they are our first. That's right. So we'll always remember them. Um, you can be the first big-time winner from OutKick 360 with Sony and Hertz Audison. They are giving away a complete car stereo system to one of our YouTube subscribers. You simply subscribe on YouTube to the OutKick 360 channel. You subscribe and then you hit the bell. You ring that bell so you're alerted each and every time we go live or post new content. You do that, you're automatically entered. If you've already done that, you're already entered. So spread the word. We'll be drawing for the Sony and Hertz Audison giveaway coming up later this summer at the end of August. And we appreciate Sony and Hertz Audison for being a part of that. Everybody's doing it. Get on board. Tennessee and their feelings. Chad, what, what sparked this discussion last night for you? It was a tweet that we're going to show on the screen right now from Zach Reagan of A to Z Sports uh, that sparked this. This was after Tennessee uh, was not playing well against Virginia in a 6 yeah. to nothing loss. Um, Austin Stanley, as you see there, wrote, Vols blowing it on a big stage. What's new? And then Zach Reagan retweets and says, When was the last time Tennessee delivered on the hype? I get that things have been <laughs> disappointing for Tennessee, but how short our memory is because Tennessee delivered on the hype the week before. <laughs> They had one of the biggest events on campus in recent memory with a block party. Uh, they had fans uh, enduring a monsoon to be there. People were drunk and having a carnival-type atmosphere at the park. <laughs> and then their baseball team delivered by beating the dog bleep out of LSU. Beat them in a good close game Friday and beat the living hell out of them. The best baseball program in America historically beat them badly in back-to-back -back games to get to the College World Series. This is a baseball team that on a big stage to open the NCAA tournament in front of a sellout crowd, won on a walk-off Grand Slam. Down three runs. And now because they show up to Omaha and it happens, they played horribly and they were not like themselves. They lose. We've got media members that cover the team crying about Tennessee not delivering on the big stage. When was the last time they delivered? A week ago they delivered. I am a Tennessee grad. I understand disappointment, just like everyone else. <laughs> it has been a frustrating decade. Tennessee fans are fully prepared for Tony Vitello to leave tomorrow for LSU because they've not hired a coach yet. That is where their minds are at right now. Even if Tennessee does everything in their power to keep him, he may go. That may happen. I don't know. I still think he'll end up staying at Tennessee. But we'll have to wait and see. But this constant churn of... Woe is me. We're so unlucky. We, we're the only ones who lose like this. We're the only ones that this happens to. I promise you're not alone. Philadelphia 76ers fans are probably sitting around thinking, boy, woe is us. We're the only ones that could lose a game like that. And we, I mean, enjoy. If, if I'm not a college baseball guy. If you become a college baseball bandwagon person because of this team, enjoy this team. They may lose today sure. and be out in two games. It's still a remarkable accomplishment, and they way over-delivered on expectations. Tony Vitello has way over-delivered. That win over Wright State in sweeping the regionals and super regionals, way over-delivered based on expectation. Get out of your own feelings. And I see this so much, and I think the Tennessee media, uh, that tweet from Zach and others included, he's not the only one. I'm not trying to just pick on him. There's been a lot. 
they feed into this so much with the fans at times. And it just gets old. I think you're on to something great there, particular to Tennessee. But I think it also expands into something bigger. I, I just did a Titans mailbag at my site, and I hit on a question that I've been getting a lot. Is this the most energy? Is this the best feeling there's been around a Titans team in all your time covering this team since 1996? And I say, they were coming off the AFC Championship game in 2019. So just last offseason, there was an incredible amount of energy about this team. In 2020, one year ago from right now, we were talking with great enthusiasm. Me, the curmudgeon who's always down on this team, picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So why do we broaden your topic, Chad, away from Tennessee? Have such a hard time placing ourselves in time and space in terms of, I understand the most recent thing is always the biggest and right now is always the best or the whatever. But our inability as sports fans to place ourselves in time and to, to, to for in your example, brilliant, a whole week Everything has changed from six runs has changed the entire outlook of a team from a brilliant it moment was exactly a week seven ago. days. Seven days. Seven days. Six runs in seven days has changed the entire world. But also like Titans fans right now, understandably very excited about a team that looks great. But you were excited last year at this time. And also in 2000, when you went to the Super Bowl and you acquired Randall Godfrey, there was it's a total different time, but that was pretty exciting. People act like this stuff doesn't e- exist. Well, maybe, and right now has to be the biggest, most excited you've ever been about the team. Well, right now for Tennessee baseball, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that, that's, a, that's a different framework for that. A much different framework. Two weeks ago, they were on SEC Network Plus. Right. But and, they didn't deserve. Now, they didn't deserve. And now they're on ESPN. Be. They didn't deserve to be. But Chad's right. A As week ago. In terms of this tweet and delivering, it's crazy. When's the last time Tennessee delivered? Yes, seven days ago. And when's the last time people were this excited about the Titans? Uh, one one year ago. Uh, or, 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 you know, you could say on the eve of the Baltimore but playoff you, game at home. But you want to see your team deliver as the bandwagon fans jump aboard. Oh, certainly. But it's one game, too. I mean, the context of one game. Double elimination tournament. Vandy's the favorite in the tournament. They lost one game with their guys striking out, what, 16 last night? Yeah, but that, again, much different because we've seen them deliver twice. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm not ready to say Tennessee is a choker based off that one game. Now, if they go out tonight, uh, this afternoon, score no runs, then you would say, boy, they went to Omaha and really didn't deliver. But I, I, I'm willing to let them play a second game. I mean, look... T- College basketball is a way bigger sport than than uh, oh yeah than college baseball. I mean, well, what is what is a big state? Yeah, they were on ESPN. Hutton, you've got local ratings that show that no one was watching. Well, I haven't seen the local uh, ratings for college baseball yet. I but you know, you. it wasn't tops locally, can tell right? You what was, people were it watching? It was U.S. Open and NASCAR. U.S. Open which NASCAR no were one and two, which was bigger than college baseball. My point is, I, I was at a game in Knoxville and I saw Tennessee beat Kansas by thirty, and that game was on CBS was on a network. Is that delivering on a, on a big stage? I mean, that that team disappointed and was a number five seed in the NCAA tournament. And then, yes, went on to disappoint like in their first Oregon game in the NCAA State. tournament. But Tennessee has delivered on, on a big stage. I, I just – it's weird in the context of this team because I think it's very unfair to look at a bad baseball performance and then say, when was the last time Tennessee's ever delivered on a big stage? And they've delivered – on a big stage. Have they done it enough? No. But I think the immediate, and every Tennessee fan is guilty of this at times. I'm sure I'm guilty of this at times. The immediate, this only happens to us mentality. This could only possibly happen to us. And I think if you really studied sports over the course of a week, you would see that awful things happened to multiple sports fan bases at a time. Now, I will say, the one woe is me thing that I saw in that Tennessee-Virginia game that I knew the game was over when it happened, when that kid that hit the home run to go up one nothing hit his first home run of the season and his father with pancreatic cancer was at the game for the first time all year in Omaha and was ball. crying tears of joy in the crowd. And I'm thinking, well, Tennessee's lost. 
this is a classic Tennessee opponent story right here that this kid delivered on a home run and uh, his dad with pancreatic cancer is in the stands crying. That was the one Tennessee moment that I saw where everyone's thinking, yep, this just probably isn't going to be our day with that happening and that being the storyline. I mean, but as far as big platforms, when's the last time your father wanted to schedule a Sunday around Tennessee baseball? Well, he schedules every Saturday around Tennessee football. So Football. Yeah, everything. Um, but as far as big platforms the, the, for the sport of Tennessee in baseball, you want to for everyone jumping on board, you want to see them deliver as everyone tunes in. I, I agree with or that. Everyone that, the, that will tune in is tuning sport. in. But again, he's not. It's a, th- throw the tweet back up there. Losing again. one game. I don't think that he said Tennessee baseball. I think he said when was the last time Tennessee delivered on a big stage? Or delivered on the hype. Okay, the hype was going into their home game also in the Super Regionals. That was on an ESPN. I think it was on ESPN, too. But was on ESPN. Probably had the same low amount of viewers that the College World Series has had. But still, they delivered on the hype. That was a hyped-up event in Knoxville, and they delivered on it. I can go right back to basketball season this year. They were on the ESPN Saturday Night Primetime game at Rupp Arena, and Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer went crazy in the final 10 minutes, and they ran away from Kentucky. I mean, they, they have, my point is, yes, it's bad. It's not all bad with Tennessee. They have delivered on hype in this calendar year. They just didn't do it on Sunday. Now, if you want to go back to Hutton, when did they deliver on the hype in baseball? You have to go back to 2005 because they haven't been good in baseball since 2005 right. when they were last in the World Series. And by the but way, they went 0-2 in that college If World they Series. win today, are they delivering on the hype? No. 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 I mean, Delivering on the hype would be in a row? they go to the college world. You know, that's the, the hype everybody wanted was the in-state fun. college world series final, which I'll go ahead and say probably is not going to happen okay. with a loss in the first two games. So winning today doesn't amount to delivering on the hype, but winning Sunday would have delivered on the hype? I think it's more of I don't want to debate when they've delivered on the hype and when they haven't. I, I want to debate the in-our-feelings Tennessee fan at all times. One bad thing can happen, and immediately I go to Twitter, and people who cover Tennessee have just abandoned ship emotionally. And it's just this immediate, we never have done anything well. We can't do anything well. We've never won a game. I, I just, But I, I think if we followed Arkansas and people that cover Arkansas, whenever they miss out on the College World Series, I guarantee you there are people that are talking about oh, Arkansas doing Arkansas things. And missing out on on what was a, what would have been a great moment, Auburn comparing themselves to Alabama. I, I I bet there are people that cover Auburn and Auburn fans who feel the same way, where things never really tend to go their way. I mean, I guess I don't follow those. I follow. That's Van- my point. I think I follow Vandy riders, and they don't do this. Well, nor should they with Vandy baseball. But they don't do it in football and basketball, which well, that's where they should do it. Where are their expectations, though? But that's, I mean. When they lose, that are expected to. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since they've been expected to win anything. But I, I just, maybe I'm following too many Tennessee people. This is the Tennessee Power Hour. So I'm not talking about Arkansas or Mississippi State or anyone else. I'm talking about the Tennessee people. But you're saying that it's only, is it only Tennessee that reacts this way? I would, I would think that if you're a not Alabama or Clemson, do. chances are you're reacting this way as a fan base. I'm saying Tennessee does it too much. I'm not comparing it to other schools. They may do it too, and if that's the case, they're doing it too much. I, I think we have this uh, inability to put anything into context, and we should live in the moment to an extent, but not to properly understand what has happened. Seven days. Tennessee, I, I'm not even making the argument. It is fact. Tennessee delivered on hype seven days before. I was way more interested in Tennessee not falling flat on their face against LSU, a team they swept in the regular season, when the spotlight was on them in Knoxville in front of their fans, and to have an event outside the stadium and do all this planning, and for them to show up and lose 10 to nothing in back-to-back games. That was the fear I would have going into that game. They delivered in that hype. Have they delivered on their College World Series hype? No. But seven days before, they delivered on the hype. And ultimately, what would have mattered if they delivered on the hype in the College World Series? It would I mean, matter to a small segment of the. I said it last week and got population. crushed by certain people. I would take yeah. three to five, nine to ten win football seasons in a row, not even championships. 
Nine to ten wins. Really good SEC football teams for Tennessee over a baseball national title. But uh, let's, this year, let's dumb year. it down. Is, is Vitello still getting his raise either way? Yes. yes. Or is the staff getting raises either way? Yes. Are they? We're going to see a stadium restructure yes. and refurbish? Yes. Doesn't matter what happens. So he's done it. Like yeah. What he's done has been sufficient. Everything from here is great. He's doubling his right? salary. Yep. Well, it doesn't matter if they win or lose right now. He's doubling his salary uh, whether he's a Tennessee or not. Well. He may triple his salary if he goes to LSU. He's going to make more if he goes somewhere else. Quiet LSU. If he goes to, uh, if he goes to LSU. How about Corbin uh, being involved in those talks? With That's LSU? what LSU is saying. They're, they're saying LSU is in Omaha to talk with Corbin. Talk with Corbin and get advice about who Along they're Along with Vitello. No, they're after Corbin. <laughs> They've been after Corbin for a while. They've lot. done it before. He's turned down LSU once before, and they, they made a run at him. Boy, Credit LSU for just be. saying, hey, we're the Kings. We're gonna make a. We're gonna take a swing at everyone. How deflated would that be? Yeah. yeah, that was a hell of a surprise too. They uh, defend Will Wade to the to the death. How how <laughs> deflated would that be for Vanderbilt that gets a uh, what looks like a good hire at football, surprisingly good hire at women's basketball, but the the dean of their coaches and the guy who everybody you know is the king of the city in terms of coaching <laughs> gets gets kidnapped. Uh, Tim Corbin's be, not going to leave. I can't imagine I, I, it either. I would, but be if shocked. he did, this you know, is if that report's out there. By the way, this is a dream scenario for Tim Corbin. <laughs> they, the report in is, baseball. If they, if the report's and out, for Tennessee, no, no. The dream scenario is the, the Hutton's reading the report. LSU is in Omaha to talk to Tim Corbin. Tim Corbin loves Vandy so much he turned down LSU. Then they went to Tony Vitello as their next choice. He fled Knoxville to go to LSU. And then you're Tim Corbin sitting over here because you're watching Tennessee and thinking, boy, they're going to be a problem problem in recruiting now that Vitello's there and they've got something going. And now Tennessee's no longer a problem at all. If they got Corbin, how great a win would it be? This from the Daily Advertiser uh, in Louisiana that LSU currently in at the they're currently expanding its search to coaches currently competing in the college world series the search will include tennessee coach tony vitello arizona coach jay johnson and vanderbilt coach tim corbin i mean they're naming him in these reports that they're in omaha to talk to these three guys i don't know why you wouldn't start with corbin if those of yeah. those three well you yeah. start with corbin by the way and, jay, he... and you leave with jay johnson jay johnson's making two hundred thirty thousand dollars a year as the head coach at, uh, at arizona it certainly seems like they're going to land one of those three guys. Tennessee and Vandy fans just pray it's the dude from Arizona uh, and not that. What more power I, I really, could Corbin I, I get be, himself? I, I will say I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised. I don't think Tim Corbin would leave. I would still be surprised if Vitello left just based on his comments. He's a smart guy and what he says to the media. He said a lot about plans at Tennessee moving forward, that we've got investments from big-time yeah. donors, and we've got this and that. People say things all the time before they leave, though. I, I, I get know, what you're saying, but people you say can easily right just say, I'm minute. not worried about that, Paul. We're in the College World Series. I'm not thinking about that. You don't have to go to the links to talk about everything that's going in, like you're recruiting, People like you're talking to your recruits. all the time that in hindsight look really bad I when agree. they leave. I'm, I'm just saying Vitello, based on context clues. I entertain every bit of what LSU is pitching me. Until I sign on the dotted line. Well, well, no, I get more from Tennessee. You get more from Tennessee, and you get more for your staff. You get more for the stadium. And you've named your price, and the price continues to go up because LSU is now involved. And stays involved. But, you know, because they've landed. They've landed in Omaha. Same for Corbin. This is a full circle type of show. It's all coming back to what we talked about in the first one. If we're going with the free market argument, there is a price that you don't pay for Tony Vitello if you're Tennessee. Yes. Because it's a sport that loses money. Yes. So if he can come back and say, you know, my agent got this, 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 and this from LSU. All right, bye. No Tennessee fan wants that. No Tennessee fan wants to see that. We can discuss this, too. I think keeping Tony Vitello is more about perception for the athletic department and Danny White than it is almost anything else. Um, but if you're going to go by free market, what makes money, what drives money, then there is a cutoff point at Tennessee with these negotiations against LSU if it comes down to a bidding war for Tony Vitello. And there's a point, I would think, where LSU goes too far. But LSU is well, I mean, it's they're, a monster they're, they're the top for them, dog for, for baseball. They've, I mean, got yeah. a, they've got the stomach for it. I, I don't know that Tennessee's got the stomach for it. I don't know that they want to be an elite well, baseball player. I think you're right. There's a, there's, there's a, should be a line somewhere, but then... 
your new AD's got to crush it with the hire. Because if you go back to being a zero at baseball after this, it's it's a big disappointment. What's the new uh, the uh, Woodward? Is that his name at uh, LSU? Scott Woodward? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, they were really intrigued to see what happened with the women's basketball hire. And then he goes as a sure. long-shot candidate and gets Mulkey um, to go back to LSU, where she's from. Um, and so whenever you're throwing out names, everyone's putting the caveat that Corbin is viewed as a long shot, but so was Mulkey. Mulkey was no way she was so, leaving Baylor, right? Nobody would have thought she was leaving. The, the, the question is, what's LSU offering versus what others are willing to pay for that sport, is what Chad's going back to. Fanny fans hearing that for the first time or seeing that, we should tweet that story well, they, out. They'd be nervous. Well, but the, I mean, nerve. Uh, I'm with Chad though. Like they can say whatever they want. They're, they're not. Nervous. They can drop any name they want. It, right? You could say you're going after. Uh, you know, who's the best manager in the majors? You could say you're going after. You could. Well, but with with Vanderbilt and the way they've built their program, it's kind of like LSU. LSU's on to the next one. So would Vanderbilt would be the same way. And the structure and the the mentality of what they've done with their program, uh, to me, that doesn't take a step back. Corbin's the best coach in college baseball and among the top coaches in college sports. Period. Very attractive but, job. Exactly. But or you bring someone up that's on his staff that's been with him for a little while. Yeah, who he would probably recommend. Patrick put a lot of weight. Patrick on. on the YouTube chat says this would be maybe the first time that we see Vols fans getting crushed to start a coaching search. <laughs> it's a confusing thing to comp contemplate. <laughs> I'd love to see Chad's top ten list for baseball coaches. That would be something. I mean, you it might would, have to research it a little more deeply than you, you did for uh, football. I, I wouldn't research it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would honestly go to the College World Series and say, uh, who's the coach at Dallas Baptist? I saw they were in a Super Regional. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? <laughs> That'd be my AD search. Like, the Dallas Baptist coach got him to a Super Got Dallas Baptist. And here's my long regional. shot. Let's go at, for him. At nine, the Braves Bat Boy. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't be the Braves hitting. It, any Braves coach this year would be off my list. There the Braves were, uh, South American scout. There were those having to research Chad's tweet uh, from last night that got a lot of likes and retweets. No research needed from the history of what Chad put out there, but many on his timeline needed to go do a little Google search. That and more coming up on the Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360. Three sixty across the Outkick network. Chad Withrow had. Uh, years ago, what we call the sweet tea tweet, where uh, he had women across the South retweeting him, swooning, just swooning, retweeting just him like he was in a thong, you know, I mean, the KDs of the on the, world, on the highest diving board at the nuts. Olympic Games. It was the tweet of a lifetime. He'll it never it was, it was like, can you believe this? This man, you know, stands before us nude. Type of tweet. You know how that's, how have good, a, that's how good this tweet was. How sorority houses have like a portrait of the founding mother of the sorority <laughs> above the mantle. And there, that 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 portrait was replaced of an oil painting of me. Yes. After this tweet, or just one of the actual tweet itself. All downhill from yeah, here. Yeah. Now Jim Jim Nance actually owns that oil painting now. Yes. And uh, that photo was replaced with a photo of Jim Nance in most sorority houses. So I, I I set the background there. Will you give the sweet tea tweet? Will you? I said something like it wasn't even. I, I've had better tweets. No, yeah. this tweet I'm about to unveil is really good. Not in not in but terms I've had of some popularity. Better, more right? well written. Yeah. Uh, more well. It was Twitter has judged that like, there's to be nothing, by far your best tweet. There's nothing more southern than Alabama and Georgia playing in Atlanta for a national title. Right. Other, southern sweet tea. No. Other than sweet tea. Yeah. Other than you sweet said tea. They're gonna fill the Gatorade coolers with sweet tea. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. It's not even Three, my best tweet. Chime in. I think it was. It was. It was something to the effect that the only thing that can make this game more Southern is if the Gatorade buckets were filled That's with it. sweet tea. There okay. you go. That's good. That's better than the one that I remembered. But no, thank you. It. And it's thank you for pointing that out. That's, that's but I don't like better. how you think you've had better tweets. That's printed much better. and framed across the free market. all of sorority and fraternity houses throughout the SEC. That's how popular well, this it was. So this latest it's tweet. It's or stitched into. Well, this latest tweet from a number standpoint could reach. It could. The Sweet Tea tweet. Really? We're going to show it on the screen right now. It yeah. could. Um, Rocky Top Insider tweeted, Tennessee versus <laughs> Texas on Tuesday. Loser oh, goes good. home. 
And I retweeted and said, the last time Tennessee and Texas were involved in a loser-goes-home scenario, volunteers from Tennessee saved Texas from being claimed by Mexico in 1846. What you have here is the marriage of history and comedy <laughs> in relating history comedy. to something comedic. Now, what also has happened here is I've been called out by 50 to 100 people saying that my tweet oh. is factually incorrect. How dare you not know when Davy Crockett died? Saying that, oh, you're 10 years off. It would have taken an easy, easy Google search to see this. Now, I should have sent this also to Jacob. But I'm looking here. This is the Tennessee State Museum website. Okay. okay? Yep. It's a fine museum from what I hear. I believe. I don't know because I was not referencing the Alamo, which everyone thinks that I was referencing with this. <laughs> that was 1836, I believe. That's where Davy Crockett died at the Alamo. Ten years later... Okay, this is a, a paragraph from the Tennessee Museum. Relations between Mexico and the U.S. went sour and war broke out in 1846 over a boundary dispute. American troop strength was too low to even consider fielding a foreign occupation force. When the Secretary of War therefore issued a call for 2,800 Tennesseans to join the ranks, 30,000 responded. The call was for 2,800 30,000 responded. This cinched the nickname Volunteer State that was first earned during the War of 1812. So if you're going to call me out about a factually incorrect tweet, you need to go check your facts first because 1846 was in fact the year that I was referencing. And they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Chad, this is where they were saying, remember the Alamo. Correct. Yes. Re to remember the Alamo, ago, the Alamo had to have happened. The Alamo must have, have happened. That's correct, Paul. Thank you. That's a, and that's also, a clear Chad would know the history of this because he has an ancestor, Patrick von Schmidow. Um, the seeds Who better. fought in the War of 1812. Yes, he, yes, he fought under he fought and General fought Jackson. I also believe that he was taken hostage or prisoner at one point, and he basically said, by God, you will not. <laughs> he said, I am a royal member of the Prussian military, and it's under, <laughs> oh, that's right. it's under the, the tri tribunal of war that you cannot take me as a prisoner as he's wounded on the ground. And for those not familiar with the history of this show, we, we did a lineage, an ancestral background voyage, uh, voyage on, on one Chad Withrow. Uh, and found that this von bloodline from the early 1800s sired what was upwards of 30 children. By um, upwards of 18 women. And <laughs> well, his uh, last wife being 18, in fact, when he was 73. Yeah. He had a child. He was 73. She was 18. Jacob, your thoughts on Chad being a descendant of a man who had over 30 children with like 18 different women? Just impressed. <laughs> his, his, so I think his grave, like that tracks. I believe his tombstone says "Fault under Jackson and many a woman." <laughs> he was that successful before Manscaped. <laughs> he invented Manscaped. No, he, he did not need my Dr. Hank. No, called yeah. a, it's called a straight razor. <laughs> he was Might have been royalty. Children had he had Dr. Hank. Yeah. <laughs> V-Love, by the way, thanks to him, uh, he uh, retweets and tweets Outkick360. The exact tweet, which David Reed was Thank spot you, on, v -Love. is Alabama and Georgia playing for a national title in Atlanta could only be made more Southern if they poured sweet tea into the Gatorade buckets on the sidelines. And I will say this latest tweet about Tennessee and Texas in the Mexican-American War is up to over 2,000 likes and over 200 retweets. What are the numbers on the previous? 36 uh, people have responded. Well, people are still retweeting it to this day. Yeah, yeah. the other one is <laughs> 4,000. I mean, I'm going to get there. No, you're not. 4,129 likes, 1,405 retweets. Retweets will be tough to get there. I think I can get there. If this game today is hotly contested between Tennessee and Texas, I could get to that number. I think this is clearly going to be your number two tweet. But here's time. what I found. The people that, to get back to the original sorority claim, yep, yep. go look at my likes, especially if you're a single guy out there. <laughs> because it's, 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 it's 70 Attractive blonde after attractive blonde. It's 70% southern sorority This girl. is just like, facts. It's amazing, though, because I think the sorority uh, Twitter accounts, it's not that big of a thing. Because they're not on Twitter. In fact, sorority girls, they're on they Instagram. In fact, in the background, framed, Snapchat. framed in the background of the podcast, So I Was Like, is that tweet. Yes, they're they're yeah. so familiar I with this I think they're tweet. discussing that today. Lance Lee's actually filming them <laughs> Some, discussing this I, I tweet right I now. Don't, I don't, uh, it, I don't know. how turned on they all are by it. I don't know whether these women are on Twitter or not. 
but there was some linchpin who retweeted this that sprung you upon the population. That's what I don't. I can't. Who is that person? But it just—it circulates. Yes, the the (laughs) madam of the house, the one that my portrait replaced on the mantle. But it's—I think it just gets. It's like wildfire. It catches like one person on Twitter. They retweet it or like it, and then all their friends do. And then a girl in another sorority sees it. You told she does. Then it just. It's. We know how it works. But it's amazing. It's like the shampoo commercial. Yeah. It was glorious, and this one is too. Yeah, this one. This one's around all the. You know, he's. It's perfect for total frat move. He he has already dominated the sororities. This tweet will dominate the fraternities. Well, I hesitated to bring it up. Interesting. Well, he's already dominated the fraternities with his tour de Franzia and my fork burn. I hesitated to bring it up because I didn't want to come in and be like, hey, guys, did Check you see my funny tweet? Because so <laughs> no one referenced it, it. Like, it was catching on. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm I'll thinking, one of these guys, uh, maybe I've been muted by these guys so they don't even <laughs> see my tweets. Because you guys have not responded to anything that I've tweeted. Remember lately. the Alamo yes. uh, with, with Chad Withrow. Also, and remember that the Alamo was in 1836. Not and the 30,000 volunteers I'm discussing 46. happened in 1846, 10 years later. It's a good history lesson and for And when I correct everyone. people, this is what also bothers me. I'll correct someone who went out of their way to try to make me look like and an idiot when anything. I'm right and they're wrong. I respond with the text that I'm pulling it from, from the Tennessee Museum website. Silence. Silence. Yeah. They completely go away. Now, once you're wrong, you disappear. That's, that's the way it works. Nobody stands up or says, oh, oh my bad. Wow, you really taught me something there. There are so two famous tweets from Chad Withrow, but what I will remember most is last night's $15 that I won oh, off the 360 parlay. Lord. Well done, Chad. Uh, you have the honor of Yes, I'm again. giving myself a round yeah. of applause. No, we, we deserve that. Segment. We deserve that. We've won now Twice a couple in the of last, parlays. Uh, three. And it is time for Chad to give us tonight's winner. And we had a three team parlay last night. Two-team parlay tonight with FanDuel.com slash OutKick360 slash OK360 is where you can go uh, for a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 for new users. If you're a current user, join us for tonight's parlay. Two-like parlay. Chad, you have the honor. So last night I went to the Euros yesterday afternoon, a 2 p.m. game, and I went with Belgium over Finland on the money line. That hit. I'm going Um, back to the Euros, and I'm going back to my initial inclination (laughs) Always bet on the draw when it comes to soccer. This backfired with England, Scotland. Paul wanted to go with England. You have I went with here. England also, and it ended in a scoreless draw. What's your method? So the method this. here is there's no clear cut favorite. I think both winners are at like plus 125 and plus 155, but it was plus 300 something or, or something it, crazy for a draw. Yes. I'm thinking that's weird. So if they're that even that there's no clear-cut winner, I know nothing about either one of these teams. Don't care to know anything about either one of these teams. But I do know numbers. And if it's there's no clear-cut winner, I'm going with the draw. Always go with the draw in soccer. So I'm going with the draw, and then I'm going with the Vegas Golden Knights to win outright. They're a big favorite. Big home favorite. So that's two-team parlay. Uh, the two-game parlay. That's going to go the with Canadians. a $20 payoff, give or take. The, the $5 the wins you $25.90. Croatia, Scotland could be big here for if somebody could get the, 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 the win because they're currently tied um, down at 0-1-1 uh, one one in the group. So this is the end of the group stage. So, okay. I There'll thought, be incentive to win. All right. It was weird because there was – I guess they just do that for the whole tournament because when they get knockout stage, it has a disclaimer that says – this is if it's in a draw after 90 minutes and stoppage time. Yeah, it's making it clear that the stoppage time gotcha. counts. There's no penalties. We go through FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360 for more information. Again, the risk-free bet up to $1,000 risk-free. If you lose, you'll get that money back in site credit to play again. Four new users at FanDuel.com. And again, join us for the parlay if you're a current user at FanDuel like we are. Coming up, TB45 instead of TB12 and Lamar Jackson's representation on this new contract that he's negotiating with Baltimore may be surprising to you. That's next on OutKick360. Rockets, Pistons, Magic with a 14% chance of winning the number one overall pick. Um, Rockets, Pistons, Magic. Thunder and Cavs with 11.5%. 
to win the number one overall pick tonight in the NBA draft. I remember when I used to be able to root for the Knicks in the draft lottery. Back when they were freezing those envelopes. So great now. They're losing in the first round. Remember, <laughs> remember when I was going to get back on the come. Knicks if, if they got uh, if they didn't lose out to the Pelicans? I remember two weeks ago. Oh, you're talking about the draft. <laughs> yeah, the draft. I was all into that draft lottery. Oh, you wanted Zion. You wanted yeah. Zion, yeah. Zion and his family, they are upset with uh, New Orleans. So maybe they can get, maybe the Knicks can still get involved uh, with Zion. They're He's got a couple of years left on the contract. Search, right? but, uh, yeah, they, they've got a new coaching search, and uh, it sounds like Jason Kidd or maybe Rick Carlisle are involved with the Pelicans coaching search. Uh, Tom Brady, maybe hinting at the year he wants to retire. He mentioned 45. Uh, the the He said, I've always said 45 was the age that I wanted to reach, and that was my goal. This year I'll be 44, so next year I'll be 45. i got a two-year contract. I'm going to be able to obviously play this year, and God forbid anything happens, but next year, and then see what happens after that. If I still want to keep playing, I might be able to do that, and if that's enough, then that would be enough. He was asked about the general manager and maybe several coaches answering questions about Tom Brady playing until he's 50. And he's like, look, 50's a long way off even for me. And he, he answered that question in that form, saying, I've always said I wanted to play till I was 45, and he has a two-year deal remaining with Tampa Bay. So there you go, this year, next year. Makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going past that. Because he's really? not going to be ready to give it up. And I don't think that he's going to be breaking down in two years. Now, that, that now that's an interesting bet if you want to play the long the game. The over-under? Over-under at this point for 45 he's getting to the He's getting to the line. He's clearly, by oh, saying yeah. that, he's going these two years. I think he goes three. I think he does sort of the Favre late career, goes to one other team. And uh, has a year or two. I think he's going past 45. The, the way that CBS write, writes uh, in, in their analysis of this quote, they say, Brady doesn't use the word might often, which makes it seem unlikely he'll try to play past 45. They're reading into that one word that he used, where he might play past 45. I mean, I want to selfishly see him play till he's 50. Like At this point, I, I just want to see how long it can go. Well, th there is a... so. Normally, normally, I'm with you, Chad. I want to know how many episodes are left in the season of a, a show I'm watching, right? I want to know when it's the season finale or the series finale. I don't want, I don't want to put an, an end date on Brady's career. Like, I, I don't want to have that grand send-off where we know it's the final year. I, I want to appreciate every single year as though it's his last instead of like I did last year or the year prior in his final year in, in New England where we were in Foxborough, Paul. And we thought, is this the end? Could have, you could have conceivably know. been his last Now, we didn't feel like it would be, right? Because you, you don't see Brady go off like that, we losing in the could, wild card uh, round. But we knew it was sure. very likely his last game last with game the, the Patriots. Last game with the Patriots. And I, I don't, at least with him, I don't want to know when the end is happening. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I want as much as you can get for as long as you can get it. But I also, I hate the, when the guy fades at the end. Well, no sign he's of that with him. So good, so long. I know. And he'll know when it's coming. You know. But everybody always talks about Willie Mays at the end staying too long. And I, I don't want I, I try not to be a guy that tells somebody when they have to retire or puts a date on it or everything. But I also don't like your final memory to be of a of a diminished guy. Especially a guy that's been as fantastic as he's been. I want to see him play at a high level until he's fifty. And I think it's possible. Read your thoughts. So here's, here's I, do we change the narrative if Tom Brady only plays to he, he's 45? Because this is the guy that, look, he's gotten better with age. His nutrition, his health, it's all been perfect. But George Blanda played till he was 48 smoking cigarettes on the side. <laughs> Does that change our opinion on George Blanda if, if Tom Brady can only make it to 45? We don't mention Blanda enough for smoking those wind sticks on the sideline, do we? I really want to... Blanda uh, ate strawberries, too, I think. I want to have a, <laughs> a report commissioned on, like, George Blanda and uh, Mick Jagger and Keith, Keith Richards, Richards and people that can just do whatever they want to their body every single day for years. 
and live into old age with very little health problems. Yeah. It's, it's not, if everything was just genetic, then we're all either screwed or okay, no matter what, right? So there's all these things about health yeah. out there. But if it's all, the precautions what does matter it matter? One way or the other. Yeah, like you, well, you don't know. That's you could thing. eat like a monk and, you know, sleep Still way better than a monk every night and work out and do all this and something could still come to get well, you. Well, that's Chad's point. You and don't know, so what difference does it make? Yeah, so You're then, either going to be fine or you're going to die early. I mean, the odds go up, obviously, <laughs> if I live my life like Keith Richards or if I smoke wind sticks. Like, <laughs> or if you live like Tom Brady. George Blanda. Yeah, or, and it goes the other way if you live like Tom Brady, but I just, I'm more, I'm less interested in Tom Brady eating right and living the right way and more... Clearly, his uh, alcohol tolerance has gone down based on his performance in the parade, the boat parade. I, that was not a great performance. No, he threw a good trophy. For yeah, no, he was fun. Oh, he was well. having a good time, but I don't think probably Tom Brady early in the career when he's a little bit chubbier could have pounded more beers and drinks and been fine on the boat. But I, I'm more interested in these guys who do whatever they want, and then they live to old age. So it Where's seems that commission? there are fewer of those I want guys that grant money now. going to some doctors. Right, who's that guy now? Because we're talking about old timers. Keith Richards is in his seventies. George Bland is from a different era. Who's that guy now? I mean, Bartolo Colon was a guy that recently comes to mind. Yeah, just fat and was still pitching into his had 40s. gout. Guy had gout. Did he actually have gout, I or think, are you making that up? I, I think he had gout. I think I, you just said over over he looks like he no, has gout. No, I think Did he, he had just, gout. Is he the one that just completed the the per, the complete game in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. He's he, still playing? Yeah, he's playing in Mexico. He just he pitched a complete game last week, I think. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be another baseball example of someone playing right now that's that's old and out of shape and still getting it done. Well, Albert Pujols is old, oh, yeah. but he's not. I got that uh, here, September 19th, but 2000. He's not out of shape. Something, something. Imagine just uh, managed just four innings against Toronto. He's pushed back to Thursday because of gout in his right big toe. <laughs> so I didn't make that up. He a had gout. Man. Playing through gout. Another revelation that happened. He's like a pirate. Recently. Yeah. Um, I talked. <laughs> gout, scurvy, and the same family. Scurvy's what Hutton suffered from in Indianapolis one year. <laughs> but he had low C. Uh, any, low or, any Oregon Trail condition. Dysentery. I read okay. a book about Magellan. Dysentery actually hit me in Miami. <laughs> I, I read a book about Magellan. If these guys had just had a teaspoon of lemon juice on that damn ship. Scurvy would have been avoided. So, um, speaking of uh, older age for sports, and what we talked about yesterday, the three-on-three tournament for the Olympics, the Americans are out. They lost to the Netherlands. I railed against this yesterday. Robbie Hummel was the best player on the American team. They're not going to be in Tokyo uh, at the Olympics. Find out from a buddy of mine that I played men's league basketball with recently. He played uh, on a team with me. Played at Sam Schwartz's name. Played at Smyrna High School. Played at Trebek. A good player. A little bit older than me. He says a guy who's a year younger than me named Michael Hicks, who played at Smyrna High School, is on the Polish team right now. What's the guy's name? And he is in, and I looked it up, and he's right. Hicks? Michael Hicks. He is 38 years old, 6'4", and he is playing in the Olympics for the Polish three-on-three team. He played professionally in Poland for years, obviously became a citizen of Poland, and he is playing for Poland. So Michael Hicks, a guy that I'm sure he was a great player because he's still playing, that I barely remember playing high school basketball against, that's basically my age, is competing in the Olympics. And we as Americans could not field a team of four or five players with subs to get to the Olympics in three-on-three. Awful. I am finding that Hick. But good for Michael Hicks. Not Hicks, but Hick, translated into Polish, is Wisniak. Oh, wow. He averaged Michael uh, Wisniak. Wisniak. He averaged 10.9 minutes per game in the 2021 season for Wisla Krakow, his Polish team. Am I, I? I look at this camera and I think, why do we have three-on-three basketball in the Olympic Games? To appeal to children. I, the answer to the every question like that this? is to appeal to the children. They're barely going to show this in their, the the coverage of the Olympic Games. Don't they show everything three now on, on 50 channels? They're not going to be showing No it. one's uh, finding three-on-three three basketball. If the Americans weren't it, they'd show a little more. But on the NBC network coverage, NBC, all their networks coverage, over, you're not going to be seeing much of it. I, I mean, that's the honest answer. Everything they try is to appeal to a younger 
people to to want to be in the Olympics. They'll see three on three basketball. They'll think I can do that. I want to. Yeah, but the, the, Four years from now, be in the next Olympics. The, the children that are watching three on three basketball will aspire to play five on five. I, 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 <laughs> I agree. That, that's that's my answer. I'm to that. with you. I'm with you. But that's their thinking. They're going to turn on and watch James Harden and, and uh, Team you know, Five on five. Hey, you know what? I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to play five on five in full court. It's easier. It's easy. I, I made the mistake when I was in junior high. Uh, you know, I was I played basketball growing up, but by the time I was fourteen or fifteen playing AAU, I realized that I was not going to be an Olympian in basketball. <laughs> really? Right? Like you get you get out there. Like, yeah, I, I should maybe look at the D three. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to be an Olympian. I should stop looking at SEC schools and look more at uh, Sewanee and Trebekah and Rhodes. That seems to be more my speed. When you start playing legitimately awesome players on a collection What's Swati of awesome players, you just kind of realize, like, you know, I can run around and look like I know what I'm doing, NIL. but uh, oh, but he would have crushed I'm not going to get there. At Sawani, your NIL opportunities would have been off the charts. Can you pull down the picture of you playing hoop and show it to the people? Sawani has a, had a concert when I was in school. It's they had I can't reach it. Yeah, we can see it in there. the background though. It's right next it. to the. Uh, the what are we looking for? Your hoop. Your three point shot. By the way, this against Smyrna. Michael Hicks was on this team that I was playing. The guy who's playing the Polish there team. There he is. That's it right there. So uh, number three in the picture is Luke Powell, who played a little quarterback at Stanford. He's a five foot eight guy, played option quarterback and played a receiver at Stanford. That's underneath the who basket. Who took this photo? Do we think some school photographer? I don't know. Wow, they did a good job. Um, so you guys, like you guys, so no, no. Anyway, the, the mistake that I made was like you were saying. You kids watch and they want to do it. I watched water polo and thought, this is something I could be an Olympian in. Lance And went to the local YMCA player. and tried to do water polo. It was never going to be an Olympian. Almost drowned. The most tiring sport I've ever participated in. in a quick, How it's did like you boxing. ever think you I could be a water polo I box friends also, and you Olympic. get worn out so quick. Mm -hmm. Water polo the same way. Because you, you're a you're watching, you're not. You're you know, watching like, oh, I, I can throw a ball. I can swim. I can tread water. This is the Olympic sport made for me. But Clearly, like, I can I do never this. I thought that for a second. But uh, uh, in all the Olympic sports, skateboarding is now you know, in the Olympic Games, yeah. right? Your kids are going to watch that. Be like, you know what? I'm going to skateboard. And we know any. But if you're watching three on three, aren't you, aren't you aren't you aspiring to play five on five like real basketball? No, but I think you're. It's saying, like saying you know I'm not good I, enough to play five on five, but I can play three on three. Yeah, but no one's playing three on three. No, you're you're playing three on three because you don't have four players because <laughs> you don't have five players. You're playing three. <laughs> I. Uh, it's true. I, I look at it, but then it's not, it's it not for science. kids. The appeal is not for kids. The appeal is for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 38-year-old from Smyrna that's playing for Team Poland in the Olympics. You're in. I feel Let's like if, training, I just, if I just didn't stop playing men's league basketball for the last 10 years, I could have put... To, I could be an Olympian. Years. 10 wasted I years. I could huh? be an Olympian. 10 wasted years. I mean, maybe there's a kid in Smyrna thinking, you know, I'm going <laughs> to be an expatriate and move to a different country and participate in the Olympics for another country. I hear Lithuania is good for that. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, also crazy, at least how I see it, is Lamar Jackson representing himself in the negotiations with the Baltimore Ravens for a contract extension. Now, most recently, we have seen players get the most out of the contracts negotiated after the third year going into year number four. Baltimore has picked up the fifth-year option. They don't have to do anything right now, although it sounds like both sides, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, want to get something done by the end of training camp or by the time training camp rolls around. A contract extension. Wentz got a contract extension with Philadelphia after year three. Jared Goff signed the $100 million contract extension after year three. We know that those two are not playing in, those, in their current markets. Mahomes. Dak Prescott is on the opposite end of things, where he wanted a certain value, Dallas didn't want to match it, and we went back and forth on the franchise tag for a couple of seasons. So where does Baltimore come down? Baltimore wants to get the deal done now. Lamar Jackson is representing himself. DeAndre Hopkins recently did this, and it worked out well. Laramie Tunsil reset the tackle market, representing himself in Houston. And um, I believe Russell Okung did this, too, and did not fare so well with Seattle. He got crushed. My point, though, is what's the benefit of the player representing himself for a deal that's going to restructure how players will view this? Because this will be greater 
than the three previous players I mentioned, Hopkins, Tunsil, Ocon. Yeah, look, he's a quarterback, and he's a different kind of quarterback. You know, there's contract negotiations can be dangerous. They love him. He loves them. But when you're negotiating, uh, look, when the Titans negotiated with Derrick Henry, did they have to mention that he's not a three-down player for them? Absolutely. Do you want to say that to a guy's face, or do you want to have a buffer there? Baltimore is going to have to say in some way, shape, or form, look, we love what you're doing, but you're not a conventional throw-it-down-the-sidelines quarterback, so that affects your value in some way, shape, or form. Is it good for me to say that to your face, or is it better for me to say that to, to a middleman? That's part of it right there. Also, right. You know, negotiating contract for the time that you're negotiating a contract is kind of a full-time job. And he's got a full-time job. I, I just don't think it's good for any players to do it. You can do it on your rookie contract because there are very precise parameters there. And if you don't want to give up a percentage of that contract, I can understand it. On something like this, where you're one of the top quarterbacks in the league and there are all these parameters and, and wrinkles and stuff, I, I just don't there, understand. It's interesting, though, the two, of the, two of the players I mentioned, Hopkins – we, we saw and that's a third contract for Hopkins, not but a he, second contract. But he knew he had everything in Arizona. Uh, Arizona invested in him. Laramie Tunsil, the Houston Texans invested in him yeah, with the trade that they made. Baltimore has restructured their entire draft process and their roster around their quarterback. Right, but they also have him for two more years. They do, but they're the ones that want to get this done. They have said they'd like to get this done by training camp. It's, it's and interesting. They might. they might. But who holds the cards? That That's that's where I found... They both the, hold the cards right now. Uh, well, it's mutually I, beneficial. I think the quarterback does because he can get the huge signing bonus and the injury guarantee, which I think are the two things I would want if I'm him right off the top, if so I'm representing myself. So is that myself. him holding the cards or is that he wants that more than they want to sign him so they hold the card? Well, if you're going into year three as a quarterback and you're getting a contract extension, you're holding a lot of value versus getting paid your rookie salary. Yeah. I think you got to have a representative. I think it's naive in this day and age to think I, you can negotiate I agree. yourself. Guys, fun show. Back at it tomorrow. We have primary complaints in the rundown, which means you can join primary complaint. 360 at outkick.com is the email address. You can send a video. You can send audio. You can just write an email to us with your primary D complaint. Don't be shy. S send the audio. Send the video. You don't have to be on video. You could film whatever you're complaining about. Doesn't have to be of you, but yeah. we prefer the audio and the video examples. So please, don't hold back. Don't be shy. Send us audio and video at 360outkick.com. Courage, as Dan Rather said. Courage. Back at it tomorrow for Outkick 360. Don't block the box, and please be sure to lock those locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.